Welcome to Corbell Career Cast, the podcast from the Office of Career and Professional Development at the Joseph Corbell School of International Studies. Today, we are joined by Corbell student Rachel Dean, who, are, who will interview Corbell alum, Kaylin Hungate, who works for JSI here in Denver. So Rachel, can you take it away for us, please? Yeah, thank you. Um, first, I just want to say welcome, Caitlin, and thank you for taking the time to speak with me. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about your career and everything. Um, so do you want to just start with introducing yourself, your name, um, year you graduated from Corbell, what you studied, and where you work now in your position? Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Rachel. Um, my name is Caitlin Hungate. My pronouns are she and her. I graduated from Corbell in 2012, so going on almost 10 years ago. At this time of year, I was wrapping up uh, exams and papers and all that flurry of activity. Um, I studied the uh, now a, a program that's no longer at Corbell, but it was similar to an international development degree called the Masters in Development Practice. So it was an international development type of degree. Um, and I work now at JSI. It's a research and consulting organization. It has both a profit, for-profit and nonprofit arm. And I, we have a huge international portfolio, which I can't speak to because I only work on U.S.-based projects, but um, I work in our, I'm based in our office here in Denver, Colorado, and I am a consultant or project manager um, at JSI. And that can look a lot of different things. And I'll wait to explain what that is because I'm sure you have more questions about what I do and my role. Yeah, great. Um, can you give us just an overview of um, your organization's mission and key areas of work? Great. Um, so JSI and our um, for-profit arm, JSI, um, John Snow, Inc., um, our global public health consulting organizations dedic dedicated to greater health equity and improving the health of individuals and communities and providing an environment where people of passion can pursue this cause. So um, we have both international and US-based projects and it looks very different. So um, we may work with uh, state, local and federal offices in the US um, to support various uh, public health related programs or projects. We also do work with hospitals um, and our international side, um, does a lot of supply chain, but it's a very rich portfolio that I unfortunately I can't um, speak to since I have in my 10 years at JSI, I've, I have not worked in the international side. And I would encourage folks if they're more interested in international work to explore projects and history on our website. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm actually in the global health field. I'm getting the certificate in global health affairs. Um, so yeah, I was really excited to speak to you about this field. Um, how did you get into this field? And um, would you say it's like a common path that you took or is, do people get into this field in other ways as well? I think there's a lot of ways. Uh, I like to say I'm an N of one. So take my experience as an N of one. Um, but when I was studying in grad school, one of the things that in coursework professors uh, and colleagues we were talking about was like the importance of understanding your community. And it was right around the time where the Affordable Care Act was passed by 
former President Obama. And mm-hmm. it got me thinking, well, this the community I know is the United States, and there's incredible disparities in equities. There's a lot of improvement and a lot of system change work um, that is here that, that I can address or, and that I can be a part of the conversation and solutions. And so that made me want to really focus my work in US-based public health spaces and work. And I came to JSI, actually, I was in working with Mira uh, at the Corbell Center, doing some professional development and networking and other great events that were happening. And I was able to have an informational interview with our former office director in Denver, in our Denver office. And Mm. she let me know that there that they're always looking for summer interns and, or they're regularly looking for summer interns and to keep an eye if an internship became available. And so Mm -hmm. there became a summer internship available after I finished my master's at Corbell and graduated, applied, interviewed, and I, I received that internship, which was a 90 day internship. And then over the course of that internship, it was clear that I really fit in with the culture and the projects and vice versa. It was a you know mutual fit for both of us. And there was an opportunity to um, apply for and be hired for a full-time position. So after my internship, I was able to turn that into a full-time position. And so I know that for graduate students, if they're interested in internships, I highly encourage looking into that opportunity. Um, I know that JSI, we have offices across the country. Um, If folks are studying international work and they want to do international work, the the offices in the DC area are more likely to have that career path trajectory for you. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you're wanting to just learn more about the range of what public health consulting can look like, you know, JSI across the country, we've got offices throughout the country. So it's a great path. And I know there's also many other paths to, you know, to one's career. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I love that your organization does both domestic and like global work. Um, Cause I feel like, especially being in the international studies field, it's very focused like abroad, but um, kind of like what you spoke about of like things that happen locally, they all connect globally as well. It's not just mutually exclusive, global, local. So I think it's really important when organizations do both work. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, awesome. So my next question is, um, what do you love about your position specifically and maybe just working in the field in general? Um, And then what are the challenges as well? Sure. There's so much that I love about my job. I I feel so honored and blessed every day to do what I do. Um, I provide most of my work is in the space of training and technical assistance or capacity building. And so, and that's specifically for sexual and reproductive health care providers in the U.S., um, both nationally and for a few state-based projects as well. And so I feel really honored to be able to be in this space and support um, providers in this capacity, convene various events and do research and especially now, (laughs) 
Yeah, although there we do have limitations, um, we are mm-hmm. grant funded, so there are federal uh, restrictions that we have to abide by as we are stewards of taxpayer dollars. So mm-hmm. um, we do have um, things that are permissible and things that are not. So I think that's really right. important. And um, yeah, so I think that's all I'll say about that. But what I love <laughs> about my job is that it varies day to day. And it's been an interesting adjustment in COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. Pre-COVID, there were a lot of professional development conferences and more face-to-face opportunities to support family planning and sexual reproductive health pro- providers. Um, and now it's we're still mostly v- virtual, although there are some conferences coming back that are looking to be in person. So it's hard to say what a typical day looks like because it varies significantly. And I think I like that variance. I like the variety. Mm -hmm. I like being challenged and asked to do different things on a different basis, Mm -hmm. which is why I've probably stayed at JSI for 10 years, as long as I have, because there's a variety of um, knowledge, skills, all of that in my day-to-day job. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then what would you say are some of the challenges you face besides some of the funding things you just talked about? (laughs) You know, I don't know if I would put those as challenges. I think that's just the reality of, um, regardless of what I personally believe or have opinions Mm -hmm. outside of my day job, I see myself as a steward of taxpayer dollars and it's not Mm -hmm. my response. It's not my job to opine on that. That's, that's for you and others and other spaces and other ways. So I don't, I just see that as kind of guardrails um, that that I may have different opinions on, but that's, um, that's, you know, that's the way it is. Um, Yeah. (laughs) As far as other challenges, I think, There's so much work to be done around access to equitable, high quality, affordable sexual and reproductive health services. By Mm -hmm. that, I mean access to contraception, screening for a variety of things, uh, STI or sexually transmitted infection screening and treatment, uh, intimate partner violence screening, um, all sorts of like prevention and meeting a client where they are. There's so much work to be done in that space. And especially given COVID that it's disrupted everyone's lives and we've lost over a million people in the US. So there's a huge need to access services. So for me, I think the challenge is that there's just, there. I see my job as, oh, like there's just so much that we need to do to support sexual and reproductive health care providers. And we can do that. And um, yeah, that's what I see is my, my like North star is just the unmet need for services for sexual and reproductive health services. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Within global health, I'm also focused in sexual reproductive health. Um, So yeah, I feel like access is definitely the biggest thing there is. Um, especially with such, you know, these topics and of health are very taboo still, um, which makes it all that much more difficult. So, yeah. And the other challenge in this space that I'm sure is happening in the international space is Mm -hmm. the 
we having the honest conversations about our history around sexual and reproductive health and the ways in which methods were tested on different communities of color, mm-hmm. different communities of color and low-income individuals or individuals with disabilities did not have bodily autonomy and forced sterilizations occurred. Mm-hmm. Methods w- came up on the market and then were promoted to certain populations and state Medicaid policies advance that. And I know that those conversations are happening internationally as well. So I think it's this, these are these important necessary conversations to be had in this moment so that we can do this work more authentically and honestly, Mm -hmm. and also honor the experience the history, the stories of those that we are seeking to support in our work. So I think, I think that's a really important, these are important conversations. They're not easy, but they are necessary and will make our work better. Yeah, absolutely. Reproductive justice. (laughs) Yes. I love that framework. So yeah. Yeah. We have many, we have many (laughs) leaders to look to and and communities, black women, particularly. Oh yeah to mm-hmm. look to in, the, in this space. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, all right. I guess my next question is um, what skills and experiences would you say would make someone competitive um, at your organization? And again, in the field in general, um, anything you picked up from Corbell that was useful, anything like that? Yeah. A couple of skills come to mind right away. I, I forget what the name of the course was, but it was something around writing a federal grant proposal or working on a proposal. So you understanding our, our work is very grant-based, whether it's mm-hmm. our international division or the U.S.-based portfolio of projects and having the skills to work through understanding what a federal or a foundation or you know, various entities work on proposals so that you have the skills, you can do literature reviews, understand data, turn that into a compelling narrative and figure out a plan, a scope, an evaluation. All of that Mm -hmm. I think was incredibly helpful because we are grant funded. We work on projects. We constantly are working on proposals. So I think that's a really important skill to have if this is Mm -hmm a type of career that someone is interested in pursuing. Um, The other one that comes to mind is uh, like a project management class. I think it's really important because we are grant-based and Mm -hmm. because we are stewards of our taxpayer dollar, there are deliverables that we have to meet on like a schedule and on the work plan. So having some of those project management skills are really great. I also think, Rachel, you talked about pursuing a certificate. I think having content knowledge in a particular area is also really important because we do bring in um, content experts in different, in specific public health fields. So sexual and reproductive health or HIV, AIDS, tuberculosis, supply chain, you know, management that many people didn't know was a thing before we had supply chain issues in the U.S., (laughs) but it is an expertise that is cultivated. So I think there is the opportunity for that skill set. And one thing that I've appreciated in my tenure at JSI, and again, I'm an N of one, is the opportunity to learn 
And so right. I think just like if you were had been learned to learn more about a particular uh, topic or a type of work. So we do a lot of evaluation work. We do needs assessment mm-hmm. work. We do training and capacity building work. So I think you can't be everything, right? right. Like you can't come into a job with every skill, but if you come in with a mindset of growth and wanting to learn, mm-hmm. I think that's also a um, important thing to think about. Okay. Awesome. That's super helpful to know and super helpful to hear that I've been taking some classes that are necessary because yeah. I did take a project management class. So oh, good. I'm glad yeah. to hear that will be useful. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. Um, and then kind of going off of what you said last about like growing and willing to learn, um, what would you say are the opportunities for like moving up in your organization or in the field and like opportunities for advancement and stuff like that? Yeah. So I think I like to think of opportunities for advancement in a two-directional or bi-directional, um, horizontal and vertical, sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> horizontal and vertical <laughs> opportunities for advancement. Um, mm-hmm. in that because we are project-based, there's a lot of, there's a finite number of projects. So there's one project director or even a co-project director model um, Mm -hmm. for each project, but you can develop a a significant technical knowledge or expertise on a given topic. So you can become like a subject matter expert or um, a technical expert, if you will, in a given topic. So I think there's a lot of different opportunities in that way. And also, I think this is one of those um, things that JSI as an organization is still kind of figuring out how we can be better and having active conversations for advancement and what that looks like. So it's, I think it's both horizontal and vertical. And also there's a recognition that we can have more conversations around advancement and career. I will say over my 10 years, I've had I've been promoted. I've had more responsibilities given to me in project work or in a proposal work. Um, So there's those opportunities as it comes. And also given my 10 years in this space of sexual reproductive health, I've developed an area of expertise that is really quite niche to to this. (laughs) So to this large like program or concept, environment. And so I am seen as a leader where questions are brought to me or I'm leading a product, if that makes sense. So I think Mm -hmm. the the variety for advancement for professional development, it's, there's a lot that exists. And also because we're, we have such a large international and domestic portfolio, there's still, there's always opportunities for improvement. Right. Awesome. That's great to hear. Um, All right. And then I think my last question for you um, is just any and all tips or tricks or advice for us soon to be graduates looking for a job. Um, Yeah. What do you have for us looking for positions and interviews, anything? Well, I can tell I have a tip (laughs) that just happened today. (laughs) I think 
it's always really important to put your best foot forward. And I would say the world is small in weight, smaller and smaller and smaller. And Mm -hmm. especially if someone from Corbell is looking to do work in the, in Colorado, it doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily need to be public health related work, but maybe security work or other types of work that you could position yourself into doing state domestic-based work after the world is small. And I, I understand that, you know, you have, you have you, folks may be applying for a lot of different positions. If, if, an, if a position that you've applied to offers or extends you in their interview process, you know, like if, if they went through your resume and asked for an interview, don't stand them up. If okay. something happens, if you've taken another job, email, 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 communicate. I just had this happen mm-hmm. today. And you, you know, the world is small and I, we mm-hmm. completely understand graduates, or if you're, you know, after your first year and you're looking for a summer job, you're looking in a variety of directions, but communicate with the employers that you've applied to if, if your interest or ability in a position has changed. So I think that is definitely one thing um, mm-hmm. of advice. I would say networking and COVID is probably harder. So I do think it's important, but also it makes it harder to meet up for coffee or things like that. So, mm-hmm. but don't get discouraged. So anyway, that's what I, I don't know if that helps. It's been 10 oh, years absolutely. since I <laughs> was in your position and I know the environment has changed a lot. And um, yeah, it's, so I, I'm sure there's so many different forums that you're looking at jobs and it's just a lot. So I can understand it's overwhelming, but, you know, maybe prioritize, look at jobs and do your top five and apply for those and go from there or look at companies or employee uh, organizations that whose mission or approach to the work aligns mm-hmm. with yours and start there. So I hope that awesome. helps. <laughs> No, yeah, absolutely. Um, I know communication seems like a very straightforward thing, but people just forget sometimes or don't think it's important. So yeah, Yeah. that's very, very important advice. So thank you. And I would say as a, as a, um, on the flip side, I think employers are, understand that and give grace to folks. Mm -hmm. We understand life is, we are all pulled in so many different directions but the communication is really important and just communicate, you know, that's, I think that's, that's what I would say. Reach out to a job that you've applied for. If, Mm -hmm. if something comes up, just, just send a message. Yeah, definitely good to keep in mind. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for this conversation today. I really enjoyed speaking with you and appreciate all the advice you gave. So thank you. You're so welcome. And I wish you and rest of Corbell students, nothing but luck in your academic career and wherever your professional adventures and endeavors take you. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you very much, Rachel and Kaylin for spending time with us. Um, Kaylin, it was definitely interesting to hear how your Corbell degree prepared you for a career in public health, which I think is something that students aren't always thinking about. So I think even though you're an N of one, I think that's a, a very useful end. So thank you for that perspective. 
and always it's always interesting to hear about all the great work that JSI is doing, particularly in the sexual and reproductive health equity space. So thank you both very much for spending time with us today. And we hope you will all join us next time on Corbell Career Cast.